Hello and welcome to the first official real episode of Real Love Radio. I am your host, Hannah Deindorfer, here to be your supporter and guide and soothing tones to teach you all the things that I know and that my guests know about how to create real loving relationships, create more connection to yourself and others, and have incredible sex and the fulfillment of your dreams in love. So today I'm so excited (laughs) because uh, for the first time we have a man Uh. guest on the show and it is none other than my main squeeze, little cutie pie, sweetie man, (laughs) lover boy, Stevie Hudson. That's me. (laughs) I am man. Mm, I'm so grateful that you wanted to come have this conversation with me because I think that we are doing something pretty fun, pretty epic in the way that we're doing our relationship. And I want to be here to share the knowledge that we've gained over the prototyping and the trial and error that we've gone through. And Mm. I've also learned so much from you, from being in relationship with you on how to be in connection and how to communicate and how to negotiate needs and desires Mm -hmm. and be in intimacy with another person while also being very individualistic at the same time. So Mm -hmm. I'm excited to ask you some questions and pull out your wisdom so that you can have it recorded forever. So you Uh, love, you can listen to your own voice. And so other people, (laughs) and so other people can hear what you have. Thank you. Uh, excited to be here on the sound (laughs) waves once again. Um, I think the only podcast podcast I've done, I didn't release. I've done a few Mm -hmm. on my own with some friends. Uh, you know, when you get hyped and you're like, let's start a podcast. <laughs> so I've recorded a few, but yeah, I'm excited well, to be here. Thank I'm you. excited to talk to you. Um, I think... As we if we can... don't blab enough. Oh, we, I know. We just had to record it. Finally, we're actually recording the blabbing. We, I mean, we can start there, I think, about blabbing, about mm-hmm. communication, because so important. it is the one thing that I love to do with you and also the thing that I think makes our relationship work the best is Mm. communication um so how did you get so good at blabbing Mm. well it helps to love to talk (laughs) (laughs) but really it's finding someone who wants to listen and, and do it with you I think is just a solid place to begin a relationship especially if the goal is just continuing uh, intimacy and elevating both together and separately. Um, yeah, I think I got good at it by necessity. Mm. Um, just wanting to be understood yeah. and heard. So really feeling misunderstood and not heard and being like, what the fuck am I doing wrong here? And why am I surrounded by people I know love me but still feel isolated? Mm. Still feel like... I'm not being understood or just being seen the way I want to be. Mm. That's so lovely that it came out of necessity and came out of a challenge, but you decided to take that on to grow for yourself instead of projecting blame out onto the people around you mm. for not understanding you. Yeah, I guess also to give credit where credit's due, I was kind of told to. <laughs> <laughs> I 
took it on gracefully, but I also was kind of told like, hey, you're not communicating well, and this is some stuff about my ex, um, Margarita. She was like, we were going through one of our like rough patches where you know you're in a relationship and it's like, are you, do you want to keep doing this or not? And that requires a lot of communications, honesty within yourself to come to that conclusion. Either direction's fine. Um, both are painful in those when you're in the middle of it. And she was in school for uh, therapy and was reading nonviolent communication, which I'm sure if you're listening to this, probably have heard of it or read it. And I was like, I'm reading this. You got to read it with me. And I was like, fine. Okay, <laughs> fine. And then I did. And I was just like, fuck. This guy is describing every problem I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. Like verbatim. It was the first time I read a book and was like, this guy's inside of my head. Like mm-hmm. every part, I was like, this is so useful. Can and you say effective. the name of the book again? Nonviolent Communication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I forget the author's Marshall name. Marshall Rosenberg Thank is you. the name of the author. Yes. Great book. Um, so yeah, that kind of led to me being like, wow, there's so much more to communication than I had thought before. It was like, how do I make people laugh? Mm. And because that'll be like my way to get out of anything mm, or get what I want. Yeah. And you're still good at that. Yeah. And it's so, one of the reasons why I love you so much. I was always good at communicating in like form of creating connection, mm-hmm. but not intimacy. I'd mm-hmm. say like not like deep deepness through like the hardest things to talk about, mm. like pain and suffering and even just like real goals or real like, yeah. dreams are kind of easy to talk about, but then when it becomes more nuanced, it's hard to explain it. So. Yeah. I actually think that that was something that I really wanted to touch on was one of the cornerstones of our communication is saying things that are pukey mm-hmm. and uncomfortable. And I'm super curious, like, <sighs> what... <laughs> I'm about to puke right now. Um, when, like, when you notice that feeling, like the pukey, I don't want to say this feeling, how do you get yourself through that feeling so that you can say the thing that's uncomfortable? Mm. And what are some things that you have had trouble saying? Mm. Um, what helps me get through it? Mm-hmm. What helps me do it? Yeah. Okay. What helps me do it mostly, I'll just try to try to explain the process of it happening yeah kind of even happened this morning it happens all the time so basically i'll be feeling uncomfortable and i'll be like okay why do i feel uncomfortable and then i'll kind of just scan myself and be like okay what like listen to my thoughts that are repeating and then in there there's like the, the subject of my discomfort and i'm like okay um that's within me but also if i'm with you or with someone else and I'm like, okay, I'm experiencing something. And if I keep this in as if nothing is wrong, I'm going to feel even more uncomfortable because then I'll have to put like a mask on of I'm okay. Let me just continue throughout my day as if I'm not feeling uncomfortable. That thought makes me even more uncomfortable. And I'm like, that just sounds terrible to like do that. I I did that a long time. Like kind of just being uh, in a classic role of hiding my feelings to just push forward. And so I'm very familiar with that pain that is caused by not expressing the discomfort. So I kind of get to a place where I realize that me sharing it is going to be uncomfortable, but living with it is going to cause more long-term damage. And that's kind of the logic mm-hmm. part of it that I mm-hmm. use that kind of gives me some 
motivation to be like, you gotta, you gotta say it. You gotta talk about it. Mm-hmm. No matter what happens, it's gonna be okay. Even if the worst thing happens, it's better than living with yeah. in a false reality. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's a good point to like zoom in on a little bit. Is like that knowing that it's going to be okay that you're going to be okay because I think a lot of the reason why people don't express the thing is because they're attached to things being the same or they're attached to a certain outcome and they're so afraid that if I say this thing then they're going to leave or if I say this thing then and they're they not might. Gonna like me. <laughs> yeah. that, that all might happen. Exactly. Yeah, I think uh I guess I wasn't trying to get to this too quickly but it all comes down to for me at least what I've been practicing is the non-attachment, non-judgment and not non-expectations, not having expectations. Um, because if you can practice that, then saying that things that are hard are easier because we're not being controlled by the outcome. We're just releasing freely. And the more we do that, the more we'll, um, we'll get into situations where doing that is okay Mm -hmm. and doing that is accepted and wanted and welcome. Mm -hmm. So like with you, it's like, I know I can say whatever because I know that you're not going to hold on to it either. So Mm -hmm. even if I say something that is maybe, uh, I didn't think about that much or it just feels hard to say because it's complicated in love or something. I know that you won't hold on, hold me to it, hold me to like that thought as if that's who I am now. So mm-hmm. that helps for yeah. sure. The safe container. Mm-hmm. Um, but in, when we're not in places that feel like that, it's harder to start, but it leads to a place where then you're surrounded by people who want that. Mm-hmm. So in the beginning, it's a lot harder Yeah. when you're in such situ- when you're, when you're in attachments, when you're in, relationships that are set up that you're not allowed to say anything or that somebody will hold something against you later or somebody's mm-hmm. going to judge you and then maybe your friendship's at risk because if you're in that, it sucks. Yeah. Your friendship sucks and you're holding on to like a lost cause probably out of fear of being alone, which happens it does. before it gets better for mm-hmm. me anyway. Yeah. Hmm. That's so good. And then in my body, what I do is different. That's like the logic. The logic for me kind of comes first. Well, I kind of, the body, I feel like I notice this comfort kind of in both. And then I logically use that to motivate myself. And then my body, we call it pukey because I feel like nauseous. I'm like in my stomach. I'm like, oh God, I got to do this again. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck, I thought I, I thought I surpassed this, but I don't think you ever do. So now what I do is like kind of work through that little cycle. I notice it and then I breathe and then I kind of take a big breath. I sigh and then I'm like. If it's with, I mean, then I'm like, I got to say something or can I, can I share what's present for me or, or sometimes I'll just blurt it out as if I have to, whatever, whatever it is, it, it gets more graceful with time. Um, cause for me, I learned like, it's not urgent, whatever mm-hmm. it is. It's not like, usually I can wait a little bit or I know it's not, it usually doesn't have to be dealt right then. Usually just some kind of some random thing and it's like, it's going to feel better to release, but I, you know, I'm mature, I'm adult. I don't have to just do it, like get into it right away usually. Mm-hmm. So just kind of feel myself breathe and get my heart rate lower if I'm nervous mm-hmm. and then express. Express it all over the place. Yes. <laughs> Pop my emotional pimple. <laughs> it's so good. And I think on the other end, like on the receiving side, like if you're receiving a communication that's challenging or you know this person's expressing something that's really pukey or really uncomfortable for them, What's the worst thing that you could do to someone who's expressing something vulnerable to you? <laughs> uh, unconsciously invalidate them. Mm, what I does think. that look like? Uh, it looks like 
Oh, how's it look for me? I mean, I'll just talk from my own point of view. How I've done that in the past is uh, be defensive. Mm -hmm. Like, just ignore it and then try to just make them feel like it's their fault. Mm -hmm. And that that is stupid. Like, that their feeling is stupid and wrong. Um, A lot of times it's because it's taken personally and you want to defend yourself. Because if you're in a close relationship, it's like the last thing you want to do is be in trouble. Mm. Uh, and I think other ways it has looked for me in the past is trying to solve a problem immediately. Mm-hmm. Like not, not actually being able to sit in someone's feelings and just wanting to get rid of them by fixing them. Yeah. It's pretty, it's like whatever they're feeling is, ro- is wrong. And then you have to, you want to make it, like you only want to be with them if you can make it better. So you like to try to just, just breeze over and be like, eh, let's just get past it. Here are some things I can think. Because to me, I don't understand your feeling and I can logically solve it in like five seconds. So why can't you? Mm-hmm. That one sucks too. Oh yeah. So like things not to do, trying to fix it, bypassing it, making it their fault, invalidating them. And what's... What? Things not to do also. Um, <clears throat> that's a pretty good list. Yeah. That's a pretty good list. Mm-hmm. You can not do those things. I don't really know much other you can do. I mean, except be like an outright dick and like, <laughs> you know, just start making fun of like just making it worse, which yeah. no one's going to be doing. Yeah. So what is something that would be supportive? So like what we do in that kind of situation or mm. what, like you're an expert at space holding. Like, Breathing. Dude, every fucking time, this is wild to me. I've never had an experience like this where like every time I've brought something vulnerable or uncomfortable for me to share, which is usually like some, something I'm processing about myself that feels not good or something that... I'm asking for that feels really uncomfortable every single time I come to you with that you're so fucking good at just being there for me and just really present and like how you do that mm. why are you so good at that <laughs> uh, let's see so I was in a relationship for nine almost ten years where um, a lot of it I kind of I kind of took on the role of being like a strong man uh, I don't feel so I can be with your feelings. Uh, even though I was also very attached, so they would affect me, I would just act like they wouldn't. So it kind of helped me now because now I know what it's like to just be there. But before it was totally affecting me and I probably just couldn't admit it, didn't know how to, didn't know how to talk about it and would just shove it down and do the old bottle technique, uh, which only works for so long. Uh, so I think some of that is in there just being like, I have seen a lot of tears, a lot of difficult emotions. Um, but what I do is, I think what I realize is people really just value someone being present. Mm-hmm. And that might even look like just breathing and like being able to maintain my own like nervous system regulation while they aren't. Yeah. And a lot of times like I don't have to say anything to someone. They just want to know that like that their expression is not scary to the world. And because I'm not scared, they are like, wow, I can handle this too. So before even talking, it's just really being able to like sit with someone and breathe and listen and not interrupt. I know there's a whole thing about like, even in non-online communication, I'm not that good at it, to be honest. It just kind of <laughs> opened up some ideas. Like I, I don't talk like he does really, or like I don't, I don't have the structure of that very well. I know there's a lot of reflecting people will do. I'm not that good at reflecting. Like, I kind of hear what they say and then, like, try to just acknowledge it. But really, it's like, 
I think I usually kind of understand, but even if I don't fully, it doesn't matter if I totally understand what's going on. I don't think it just mostly matters that I can be there with them in their time of crisis and not take it personally, not try to fix it, not try to give them every tip on how to be better. (laughs) Like in that moment, it's just so. And another way to do that is like, I really have practiced. Like what's important to me is practicing unconditional love. And what that looks like to me is uh, accepting people for who and where they're at. And so in the time of maybe, you know, someone's having, I don't know, a buildup of emotions to a friend or something and they want to express it, it's like just being able to witness them, hold them, serve in whatever way that person, it's unique, needs to feel comforted and then wait for the right moment to make a joke. (laughs) (laughs) Like if we can, like, which here's the actual pro tip. It takes a lot of finesse, but you have to wait till their nervous system is regulated before you start making jokes. Yeah. So that's, I would be careful, everyone listening. (laughs) You don't want to be throwing uh, gas on the fire with jokes. It's pro, it's pro move. But for me, (laughs) it's critical, like, to... Basically, just witness them, hear them, know that I'm listening, know that it's not scary, that, like, they're allowed to be who they are, and I, it's fine. It's totally awesome. And no one's perfect, and not to try to be, and that them expressing themselves is not a burden. It's not in the way of presence. It is what's present. And then when it's all cool, when it's all chill, when we realize that life's crazy, find a way to laugh at it, because it just brings you right back to oh yeah everything's insane life Mm -hmm. is crazy that it even exists Mm -hmm. and we have emotions and that we're doing it together like it's all so unprecedentedly crazy (laughs) that if you can bring that back into awareness it really just makes it little again yeah like it takes the molehill to the mountain back to the molehill and be like oh yeah it's really no big deal Mm -hmm. but for a second little things can feel so overwhelming yeah Mm. you're so good (laughs) and you and honestly the the laughter and bringing such joy and levity is also something that I just appreciate so much about you and about our relationship is the amount of laughter that's present and joy that's present. I think, um, especially in the hard stuff, it's really easy for people to get caught up in wanting the relationship to feel like, like if, if you're working towards something or if you're like working on the relationship, there's so much like energy that can get caught up in solving problems that don't really exist or trying to dig up old trauma so that you can be feel like you're making progress and one of the commitments that I have to myself and to the people that I'm around um is commitment to having fun like just commitment to having a a fucking good time while we're doing whatever it is that we're doing even if what we're doing is processing hardship and you're really good at that yeah, it's so important. I mean, if it's not fun for me, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> so even if it's like, you know, all the, oh, just anything hard can also be taken lightly because at the end of the day, we're going to die and we might as well enjoy it. And it doesn't mean just... just just look over it or just bypass it. But to like keep that into the awareness while doing the difficult things helps like, 
get the temporary reprieve you need mm-hmm. to keep going. Yeah. Like if if healing was just a daunting, miserable thing, I would be like, fuck that. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. I'd be like, this it's actually just worse for you. Because mm-hmm. then you would be living, you know, all your old traumas, not knowing what the other side is. Yeah. And I think I mean I see that a lot now too. Like there's even meme pages like healing from healing and people being addicted to healing because it's such a good temporary distraction. Yeah, gratification of being like, look, I found a thing that made me miserable and I got over it. But mm-hmm. it's like, if you don't know the way out is actually just living joyously, yeah. then what are, there's not much to work towards. Mm-hmm. Hmm, so good. I think um, something that you also bring a lot of levity to, which is a subject that a lot of people think is very serious, is sex. Mm. Like, you are a jokester in all realms. <laughs> and I mean, we were at a kink workshop, and this man was being tickled, with blindfolded, tied up at a, on a four-post <laughs> bed, bringing joy to everyone through his insane screams. Um, yeah, I would love to talk about that a little bit, and like what you've experienced in your sex life and how you've grown into being able to be so comfortable with your sexuality because that's also something that was a huge um, green flag for me when we entered our relationship was like, oh, this man feels very comfortable in his body, very into exploration with sex, and um, I'm curious where that comes from for you. So when I left my relationship or really it just evolved into a friendship or something um and you know when I was in that from 18 or 19 to almost 28 and so I lived my whole adult life being like watching my friends be fuck boys and like just partying and you know having sex and even though I was living an amazing life like with deep love and intimacy like because I wasn't having that other thing it made me want it mm-hmm. and so when I got out of it I was like all right I guess I'm gonna do the thing I've been pushing off and I'm gonna go be a fuck boy for a little bit so I you know got the apps met some people had some sex and then very quickly I think I had sex with like three people and I was like oh this is not what I want this mm-hmm. is very shallow, like, um, what I wanted was intimacy. Like, what I wanted was comfort and intimacy. Like, what I wanted was to be laying naked with someone and have it be totally normal and just comfortable and, like, like not afraid to just exist or move or not feeling I have to perform. Because for me, like, being in a relationship so long, it's like I, there was, like, no separation of comfort, like, even if I didn't like how I looked, like, they didn't care either. Mm-hmm. It was almost me judging myself more than they would. They're like, I'm with you, you know, it doesn't matter. There's nothing, there's no way to look, no person to be. And, like, being able to experience that very early on definitely was transformative to who I am. Mm-hmm. And, like, recognizing the power in just getting to be and being witnessed and being loved. Mm-hmm. And I immediately was like, okay, I'm done being a fuckboy. My real cravings and desires are just to be loved and witnessed and accepted for who I am. Um, And I think that with you, it's been funnier than ever because you're like (laughs) just all about it. So 
I've always been pretty comfortable and like known that it's like once you're comfortable, it's like always better for you for the other person. Like if you're comfortable, you're it's sexy. Like people mm-hmm. are like, well, who? How is this person being ridiculous? Like mm-hmm. naked, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, um, feels really good to even be a part of. And I think with you, just like how we talk to and knowing that that's valued, like I get to play in it more. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just really encouraged, and because you know you're a coach and good at the words and stuff, like I can know specifically more that. That, that it's allowed so I get to play into that extra mm-hmm. so it's like the comfort also like I just mean I'm addicted to humor it was like <laughs> my ultimate coping mechanism so getting to bring it to both is just funny because most people are like it can't be mm-hmm. and when I hear that my immediate thought is for sure can and let's see what it's like mm-hmm. and I think also just with communication and sex and being funny it's like I've even learned now it's like any sex I'm having, I really want to, like, I, sh- I want to be comfortable to be able to just stop and talk if that's what I need to do to feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so the same with being funny. Like, if there's a funny thing to do, mm-hmm. I want it to be allowed knowing that it's okay and it's like there's no harm meant and really just to make even the serious things more casual, more accessible, more capable. Mm-hmm. Like, not having sex and then where people just kind of enter sex mode and then all of a sudden there's like 30 minutes of sex and like you're not allowed to have any other thoughts but like sex <laughs> thoughts, you know? It's like where you're like, okay, sex mode activated. Now I am sex man. And <laughs> I have to be serious. And it's like, no, I want to go to like break character and just like... Be yourself. Be flow. Like, yeah, flow into it. And if something funny comes in my head, be able to share it if it feels good to share. Mm-hmm. Because like, we're all having crazy thoughts during sex. So oh, yeah. It's fun to just be like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Why that just happened? <laughs> and sharing that is mm-hmm. like... For me, just being seen more, like mm, getting to yeah. be more fully witnessed. And more yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, humor is such a big part of who you are. To not bring that into sex would seem like a omission of a sex major... man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not there just to mate. I'm there to practice mating in, in all the ways that looks. <laughs> yeah. Um, I would also love to hear a little bit, and if you're willing to share a little bit about how your journey with kink has been over the last like six months or so because when you uh when we started exploring kink together you had never really been topped by a woman I'd never topped a man before and when I'm talking about topping I'm talking about like a DS setup where there's a dominant and a submissive uh, also known as like leader follower um topping bottoming insects where one person is um, creating the scene and the other person gets to experience the scene and it's a co-creative process but for the most part the person who is in a dominant role is guiding the way that the scene flows and the other person gets to follow and enjoy the experience are you going to speak on it generally yeah what's what's <clears throat> kink, what's kink like for you and how has that changed oh uh, okay <laughs> here we are um, so I guess it's more formal now than before, like, or I guess in the way of, you know, there's more language and there's more like a scene and it's more, I don't know, legit. <laughs> <laughs> and like what you kind of think of almost like, mm-hmm. at least like once you're like, oh, kink is not just these crazy porns. It's also like this scene of sorts where people are like doing it in a just more conscious way um hopefully and um so there's more lingo there's kind of more time involved 
Um, more structure. More structure, yes, more structure. So before, I think it was just, you know, inherent. Mm-hmm. You know, I would play with power or I'd ask people to be more dominating. But mm-hmm. it wasn't like a full scene or anything. It was just like, hey, let's try this or I like this or can we explore here? Mm-hmm. And because I was comfortable, it was, you know, I, I got to work through it. Um, but it definitely wasn't like as structured with like negotiations before titles or not as many tools, maybe. Um, towards the end of my relationship, I guess there were, because my ex worked at a sex shop. Um, now, when I think about it, it's much more powerful than I realized. Mm-hmm. Um, I think before it just seemed kind of fun. Like I didn't really understand the potency of it or, or the why I wanted to maybe, or like, I was like, Oh, we all have these desires. Let's just play. And I'm like, I'm not mm-hmm. one to follow the rules. So mm-hmm. if I have the desire, I want to make it happen. You know, if I want to choke someone, I'll ask them and then I'll do it. Uh, and I wasn't really like, I don't know why I just, it just feels fine. and Okay. We, we're all liking it here. Mm-hmm. Whereas now it kind of seems like getting to, just dance with the shadow more Mm -hmm. and these like primal feelings or these deeper the deeper patterns or or ways that like are inside of us and we don't know why maybe it's like sometimes it's much more primal sometimes it's just like i want to be like a boss here like i want to control the scene other times it's like i just don't want to think like i want to be someone's toy and explore that, like explore what that's like to fully give into these different aspects of human, of like the human experience. And it feels like uh, we all kind of share all these different points of what it's like to be a human. And in seeing these different ways we can be, it's like sometimes it feels like maybe acting, but also it's like, oh, that's in me. Mm-hmm. And if I can step into that, what is that like? Like for me, it's also like, even if I want to be more, enthusiastic sometimes like I'll, I'll just be like okay I'm more enthusiastic now and I'll just like act into it but then I'm feeling it because it also is real mm-hmm. it's just me focusing more on how I want to be and then making it happen yeah and it's like sometimes it takes a little bit of like doing it to express that and then it's like oh that is literally just a part of me I could be that more mm-hmm. um so it's cool in sex because it's like the most vulnerable place we can be we're naked we're in front of someone or people or exposed uh there's a lot of fears or anxieties that can come up so getting to explore those different parts of myself in the most vulnerable setting has been tremendously powerful to be like wow if i can navigate myself in these settings everyday life is way easier like especially with boundaries and wants or needs um desires and care after care and whatnot Mm -hmm. it's like if i can work through all the uncomfortable conversations of my desires being fulfilled feeling like i'm enough to even have that happen uh needs I may have afterwards or before especially if I'm like you know in a top position and it's like more aggressive than than I maybe it's like kind of edging a a boundary of my own then to know afterwards like I need a lot of affirmation like if I can navigate that in those like much more intense vulnerable situations like having a normal conversation where like a friend 
did something that pissed me off is so much easier. Yeah. So much easier. Mm. So I think a lot of that just helped me recognize like how powerful it can be in personal growth, mm-hmm. personal development, mm-hmm. um, and intimacy. Like cause if it's with someone you care, like, for me, it's always the people I care about, but yeah. uh, just getting to see their growth or be there for them. Like there's a part that they want to work on. Um, yeah, and I guess, like, it also talked about the, the Conscious King experience. If you want to. What do I want to share about it? <laughs> Part of me is like, oh, God, is my mom going to listen to this? <laughs> <laughs> a little nervous. <laughs> um, <laughs> um. We yeah. don't have to if you don't want to. Well, I can, just, I can speak to it in, in not great detail. Okay. Uh, but yeah. Also, also getting to see the power in like, for me. Can I give some context? Yeah. So we got to experience what is called a conscious kink journey with two of my mentors, Kimmy and Casey. And basically it's this constructed experience led by them in which we get to experience kink in a way that is less about not about sex and is about bringing awareness to shadows darkness bringing forth emotions that may not be readily available or need to be expressed wasn't sexual in my to me it was like for what it feels like to me and why it was as it was as i'm really into their work is because uh Sexual expression is very energetic, and I don't think kink is always seen as that or taken on with that lens. And it's a combination of basically tantra and kink in this way that it's kind of just like wild Reiki. Like, (laughs) (laughs) that's Reiki, baby. Uh, Mm -hmm. And like, just the power of setting a container, the power of moving energy creating a safe space for that energy to be removed, the same with, like, breath work, um, just allows for pent-up or stored energy in the body to be found and released. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, just, like, seeing that power, like, I've I reached a place that, like, I kind of, like, I knew existed, and I knew there was still grief in me, or, like, I didn't know exactly what, and I knew it was from, like, my relationship, and I didn't even know who, because I'd already, like, forgiven you know, myself and uh, my ex and all these, like, logically, I was like, of course, like, we were all going through our things and anything, like, maybe that I was perceiving as negative, I can easily see as just two kids working through their shit and not knowing how. But then in that situation, like, I could tell just by the container and, like, the energy work and, like, me being conscious of that and, like, getting to release the way I did emotionally was one of the most epic experiences of my life. Like I, I, I thought that I would achieve it through psychedelics or breath work, which I have also had amazing connections in both of those things and realizations and releases. But this, this, like I had this energy release that, you know, I was crying and I was having these vivid flashbacks of all these times that I like abandoned myself. And afterwards, you know, I'm like coming back being present and you know, they're like, how are you? I'm like, I just, 
I can't even believe what just happened to me in this setting. Like, so I definitely have a just so much respect for the craft mm-hmm. and the power of such an intimate container. Yeah. Because there's just something about just how vulnerable it is that you're not going to get with it with the in a psychedelic or breathwork um, practice unless you're also like naked you know yeah. it's like there's so much vulnerability in just literally being naked and mm-hmm. then going through these things so yeah. I think it just sets up a container of like ultimate authenticity to be ready for and ultimate acceptance of mm-hmm. being like this is who I am and yeah. being witnessed in that is mm. incredible thank you so much for sharing that was I hope so that good. made sense I, it to- I, I think it was great <coughs> okay. it made sense to me alright um so I think the last thing, <laughs> breath, <sighs> breathe, stop, breathe. Oh. Uh, I think the last thing I really wanted to talk to you about um, is one of the things that is so important to both of us is being able to be individuals while being in intimacy and connection in a really deep way. And that's something that has been a challenge for me in the past and that I was not willing to compromise. Mm -hmm. Um, when I started any type of relationship, I was like, I'm not losing myself here. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to compromise who I am and forfeit what I desire to just to gain like admiration or approval or Mm -hmm. whatever amount of love I can scrape up in my life it just wasn't and still you do it sometimes I do (laughs) yep yep I do that still same it happens yeah sneaks up on you yeah that's the craziest thing about about attachment and all of it is that I've been on this very conscious path to do the same thing and then I'll realize an attachment built and how it's controlling me and I'm just like fuck shit (laughs) oh how how did it get me? How did it sneak up on me like that? Yeah. And it's just, I mean, I, I find it kind of hilarious now to think that, like, it's just, like, so humbling to be, like, you know, the journey. It's a path, not a destination. For and sure. That it's an ongoing thing. But it's also something that we keep top of awareness. For sure, yeah. So, too, like, when it does happen. It's not huge. Yeah. It's not usually huge. Yeah. Um, so I think what I would be curious about is, like, how do you do that sure. like how, and what types of things i have a mission statement what i have a mission statement now. <laughs> okay my mission one of my missions is to experience intimate connections while maintaining my sovereignty mm-hmm. um and i like it because i think it also allows for growth because mm-hmm. i think before i was like i'm not going to change But it was like, I am no matter what. Like, I am changing. Mm -hmm. So it's not about not changing or evolving, but really just about knowing that I'm sovereign and that my thoughts will be respected or, like, Mm -hmm. my actions will be respected as an individual. Um, And that just by being a a good, decent person, you know, I'm not going to... And just by continually communicating what's present is that I'm not just going to leave, right? Like, I'm not just going to, like, up and leave because that would just be... I mean, if I had, like, I'd have to have a huge mental breakdown for that to happen because the whole thing is continual conversation mm-hmm. and updating where I'm at. Um, what is it? What is the question? <laughs> how do I do it? Yeah. I okay. mean, how? so how are you maintaining your sovereignty while also being so right, close right. and connected? 
Um, been, it's been a joyful challenge for sure. Yeah. Um, checking in with myself more. Mm-hmm. Like even, I have a very high tolerance for attachment. Yeah. Like I was in it for so long that it's like, I'm still learning so much about the the minutia of self of mm-hmm. if what is too much for me if like and what that feels like like yeah. I still sometimes will catch myself being like something feels weird and I have no idea what it is and mm-hmm. just being like learning all the stuff about how you know your body it's in so much in your body and mm-hmm. I like literally feel my body being uncomfortable and have no idea why and yeah. then it'll take me a couple days sometimes to be like oh you know I haven't slept alone in five days or something which mm-hmm. You know, I didn't sleep alone for nine years almost. So, yeah. like, I just, like, up to... Part of me is, like, whatever. Like, I can handle it. Yeah. But then I'm, like, oh, but to be, like, my... Where I really want to be... Yeah. Like, I'm, like, learning to value my alone time so that I can minimize my inputs, positive or negative, just to be, like, what's going on inside? Because I realized even, like, I just escape in positive environments, too. Mm-hmm. Even if, like, it's great with us, like, me sitting around and if I'm just like receiving that positivity like I don't really know what's going on inside of me yeah and so just taking like more conscious time to myself to like kind of take inventory of what's what's going on and how I feel and like allow space for that to show itself Mm -hmm. and like create a safe space for myself to show myself Mm -hmm. um And some of the main things I value are authenticity and self-expression. So just keeping that in the forefront and practicing with everyone close to me mm-hmm. uh, allows me to just like kind of like, even if I'm not trying to, I just kind of do it now. So I, I will see how I'm being or how I'm acting or I'll get reflections back. You know, if I can tell if I'm being short with someone that maybe I just need some alone time or mm-hmm. uh, just kind of yeah, being very conscientious of it. But mm, this is an interesting question. Probe me a little. Uh okay. So I think like one thing that I mean we can direct also into like negotiating various needs because when you're in connection to someone and wanting to have intimacy with them, like how do you negotiate when the other person has different needs than you because that's come up for us is like we have because I don't have the same quite the same fear of attachment that you have I think um and so or I don't have the same kind of fear of being controlled or being consumed fully by a relationship I have a lot more fear like for me what's more present is a fear of abandonment or fear of being left Um, and so the needs that I have to reassure that part of myself or to create safety for that part of myself are actually in direct opposition to the things that you need for yourself, for the part of yourself that's afraid of being controlled or consumed to feel safe. And so like, like, how do we do that? How do we negotiate those competing needs while, while standing up for what we need and also not bulldozing over the other person mm-hmm. mm. it's tough sometimes <laughs> usually it's not i would say the only time i really was like this is tough was after the workshop yeah 
Um, because part of me just wants to make sure that I still can do what I want. Yeah. And be okay with you being upset mm-hmm. and still practicing like, you know, that's not me. It's you. Yeah. And... Mm, how do I do it? By the grace of God. <laughs> uh, I value relationships a lot. Mm-hmm. I think that a lot of people don't. A lot of yeah. people value work. A lot of yeah. people value success. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a high on my value list is relationships and relating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just know that with that, like, if I want to be more intimate, they usually they requires that I show up in a certain way and it takes more energy. Mm-hmm. And I think when I, if I just have, like, sometimes I think I need more time than I actually do. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I want to react and be like, I need a day when really all I need is an hour. Yeah. Really all I need is 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. Really all I need is uh, to meditate yeah. by myself mm-hmm. uh, or go on a walk or something. And I think that, I got better at noticing, like, I want to pull back just to almost be like, I can do Look that. at this. Look it's at me. Okay. It's not up to you. I'm yeah. not here for you. Yeah. Like, because you are making me be here, I'm mm-hmm. here because I want to be. Yeah. And sometimes I'll, I'll maybe, like, like, I can't see, like, I don't want to see you or however it comes out. Um, mm-hmm. I want a day alone. Yeah. And then it's like, if you have a need of, like, uh, you know, just to see me after something intense in the mm-hmm. contraction period that I can be like, oh, you know, I don't actually need the whole day. Like, mm-hmm. I don't really need that from anybody ever. Like, <laughs> usually what I need is just some time to breathe, mm-hmm. some time to be alone, sometimes just, like, collect myself, mm-hmm. sometimes to, like, let out the energies that I've built up too. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes yeah. to be alone, sometimes it's just go hang out with the boys and play yeah. some sports mm-hmm. and just, like, let the energy out and just, like, some alone time and then be like, oh, okay, now... After that, like after I do some kind of self care, mm-hmm. shower, journal, mm-hmm. and like just take it, that inventory, that a lot more space opens up than my fear thinks is going to. Yeah. And after that, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, I can definitely show up again. Yeah, I think that's a really good reflection because my my fear is the same thing. My fear does the same thing. It's like it what it thinks it wants is like so much like bigger than really what it needs. Usually what it all, all that it needs is to be just pure. You say, I'm not leaving. Everything's fine. I still love you. Yeah. It doesn't need hours and hours of endless time together. It just needs that like one moment of connection or reassurance or whatever that is, which is so easy to, to do most of the time. And, and so it's like, I think letting yourself feel whatever the fear is like being okay with like the fear being there and listening not bulldozing over it or saying this doesn't matter or this isn't important because this other person's more important than whatever I'm feeling but it's like really breathing and checking in with that fear and being like okay what actually really do I need instead of just that first impulse Mm -hmm. response I think it's the same with like you know I try to overcommit Mm -hmm. so that I don't have to back out, but also don't, like, like get to kind of play more fluid, fluidly. Like, I'm not sure yet. Mm-hmm. And then instead of letting my fear make the decision. Yeah. Because, like, I feel like I've overcommitted to myself even. And then, like, yeah. it's like, why did I just go so extreme? Like, yeah. why did I just go so ham like, <laughs> on that need? It's like, okay, I definitely didn't need to be like, I can't see you for a day. Like, 
that's a bit extreme when really it's like, oh, like, let me go take an hour and get back to you. Mm -hmm. And just, like, kind of pacing it more and knowing it's, like, even your needs aren't, like, nothing's really that extreme. And like, it's nothing's not that urgent. urgent. It's, it's just not the like, end of the world. It's just kind of what's present. And if we can just get to a state of, like, calmness together, we can both realize that. For sure. Oh, that's a good one. That's a hard one. It's hard. It's hard when... It's hard for me to, like, be a part of someone's pain. Yeah. It was part of, like... I mean, even in this relationship with you, like, I was not looking for it. Same. It just has developed supernaturally. Mm-hmm. Um, supernatural. <laughs> the heroic thing we're doing. Yes. Um, so it was just really cool to witness it and be, like... Like, a big fear in the beginning was hurting other people. Mm-hmm. Because in my time alone... I was a part of, like, a few women just being really hurt. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, trying my best to quell it as it was happening as I could see it. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't, I guess, maybe mature enough or just didn't know if it was my responsibility to end something that was going great for me. But also that other person was getting, I could see, more attached, Mm -hmm. which leads to more pain. Yeah. And But it's, like, their journey, like, came to a point where I, like, was coaching someone through their own breakup, like, breaking up with me and having to be, like... I can't do this anymore. And I'm like, there you go. Good job. Good job. <laughs> like, you got this. And like holding an amazing amount of space. And like, it was, just, it was very interesting, but it was definitely was a fear of like, God, it happened again. Like the whole time I was talking about attachments, judgments, and expectations. And I was pretty early on, on, on that. Just like the way, like using those and noticing how they're coming up in my life. And then that person like kind of a couple of different people, acting like they get it or maybe they thought they did until they didn't and then Mm -hmm. all of a sudden it's just like 180 i can't see you i don't want to talk to you and i'm just like wow you know i expressed this the whole time and now it's like coming to a head Mm -hmm. and uh it's been cool to watch so and i'm getting a lot better at it but it definitely is not always easy to like be a part of someone else's path and and I think that's why a lot of people don't value relating because they get hooked on the pain that they experienced and they don't see a way to do it without the pain, mm-hmm. which to me, I'm like, life is pain. <laughs> <laughs> life is pain and life is pleasure. Like, it's all in there. Yeah. And it's like, I instead of avoiding it, I just take it head on and then it ends up hurting a lot less. Yeah. I've, I've found so far, mm-hmm. like, there's still pain, but it, it hasn't been anywhere near as excruciating yeah. as, like, the unconscious suffering definitely of like deep rooted attachment yes and like there's discomfort in the communication it takes to achieve it Mm -hmm. but it's like also leads to very quick depth and intimacy Mm -hmm. and which is also kind of dangerous if you aren't like fully ready for it for sure dangerous isn't like pain i've seen people get hurt too by like like being vulnerable too soon or yeah you know giving themselves fully to something that like Mm -hmm. just the, the container wasn't even described yet mm-hmm. like the the boundaries or yeah or the goals or mm-hmm. the, the name of it or whatever yeah. it takes for people mm-hmm. yeah I think it's um one of the things I think that makes this work really well is both of us have a lot of self-trust mm-hmm. like both of us know that like even if this totally goes sideways out the wall into some mm-hmm. just crazy fucking destructo place. For sure. Like, I, we've got ourselves. That, I think that's one of the reasons I, it ever even happened for me. Mm-hmm. Like, just seeing you and, like, how you take care of yourself and 
how you're also just like successful in your own right and like by your own ability I was like okay like I can that already helps me trust you mm-hmm. without even talking because I was like oh like this isn't the person who also has had a man for the last eight years yeah or six years or whatever and was like doing it together it's like yeah totally achieved a lot just on your own and I was like wow it's like it helped to kind of ease some of my uh distrust yeah in Mm, like being, that I would rely on it being taken advantage of or being relied on or, or getting into something that I wasn't ready for yeah um mm-hmm. yeah thanks for trusting me yeah my <laughs> pleasure mm-hmm. thanks yeah I think something that you say is like the like don't rely on me what is it the like, I love I'm, you like I, I'm here for you but don't rely on me yeah I'm always here for you but yeah. don't rely on me yeah and I think that just is something that's really important to, like, just encourage. I don't know where that's from. David? Or Maybe Anna David. Or... I don't know. I think it was one of our realizations. Yeah. Through, like, just alignment work and, mm-hmm. and, and how to navigate relationships. Yeah. Me and our friend David did a lot of it together. Like, just, like, work through. Mm-hmm. Have a lot of conversations about it, too. Yeah. Which is nice because it's, like, a man's perspective. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. like, what does this mean, like? Even, I mean, have it shows up with friendships of yeah. being like a friend just being leechy or like having like leechy energy of like, you know, you're somewhere mentally and they're not. And then them just like wanting you to like baby them through everything. And mm-hmm. then, you know, they're calling you all the time for help. And you're like, dude, yeah, just sit with it. Like, just yeah. sit with yourself, see what comes up when mm-hmm. you really need to call it. I'll be here, but you yeah, know, you can't be calling me 24 seven asking for help for sure. Cause I just don't believe that you're actually doing the work. Like you're just yeah. wanting the easy way, which is someone to tell you, but the, all of the most important, valuable lessons no one can teach you. Exactly. They're just like these like road signs mm-hmm. to your own personal truth. Yeah. And I think it's like something that also really contributes to like us being able to be so close to each other is, is not taking things personally. Even if I have something come up about you, like the first immediate thought is like, I'm, I know that I'm the source of this. I know mm-hmm. that I'm the one that's creating this. It's not about you. Even if you're a mirror for it, or if you're just doing something that's triggering me or whatever it is, it's not you. Something it's not about you. It's about me. And you do the same thing. And it's just like such a game changer. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, it helped me. I mean, that's how I ultimately kept in relation with my ex was being like, oh, like taking on the full lens of unconditional love Mm -hmm. and then developing enough compassion and empathy to understand like they're living their their whole own world that I try as they might, I will never fully understand. Yeah. And it leads them to all these actions that become logical to them. Mm -hmm. And I'm just shrapnel. Like, yeah. I just got hit by the shrapnel of their own self-destruction. Yeah. And that has relieved me of so much stress <laughs> and has brought even more compassion to be like, wow, like, like, it's come to the point where someone can come up to me, say something incredibly personal, cussing me out, and I'll just be like, you know, I'll still have so much love for them and be like, wow, look how much pain this person has. Yeah. And, I, it'll, like, the shrapnel just goes through me now. I'm like, wow. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Look at you, all enlightened. Well, it's cool because that's the part where in the nonviolent communication that he kind of talks about. Yeah. But, and 
I can't talk about it in the same way, but I get the feeling. Yeah. I get the feeling of it, of being like, someone can be screaming and you're just like, dude, I'm so sorry. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, mm-hmm. fuck, I remember that. Like, yeah. I, I remember that, that anger and that feeling that you get from just like thinking everything's against you or yeah. you have no control. Mm-hmm. And now I'm just trying to learn how to be a part of it, that growth and like, yeah. What he's so good at is like hearing it and then seeing exactly what is up. Yeah. That's the part I don't I don't have that. Like the need. Out. The need that's underneath. Yeah, where someone just like goes off on a tangent and then just like precision cut right through and be like, I can totally hear exactly where uh-huh. where you're in pain. Yeah. That's the part I'm still developing. And mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. kind of in the beginning of that um journey. Yeah. I guess, you know, mm-hmm. being surrounded by a bunch of coaches. <laughs> so learning a lot, learning yeah. a lot. Yeah. Learn a lot from you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm, you're welcome. And really you're fun. one of my best coaches too, which mm. is so annoying sometimes. <laughs> this yeah. man, not a coach, but he co- <laughs> he out here coaching. Yeah. Uh, you too. Mm. It's been amazing. Yeah. It's been fun. I mean, I think I think that helps in our relationship is that from the beginning it was like alignment work and we were like let's just prototype actual relationships yeah and it's i mean it's helped with i think just the attachment it just helps with everything because we get to acknowledge it and being like look like we're prototyping mm-hmm. what i have here and what we're working on is how i want it to be with everyone yeah. i want it to be loving trusting honest clear communication and then how that shows up uh visually or with other people like how each unique relationship is then created and expressed is totally different. Yeah. Like here it might be, you know, romantic or sexual, but the same foundations with someone else might be a business partner or might just be a friend mm-hmm. or might just be someone I never talked to again because it didn't work out. But yeah. like the foundation for me is the same in this as mm-hmm. every other relationship. And that to me is super important. Yeah. Cause I'm like, I'm just practicing how to relate in the best way possible. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that I'm going to date or, or sleep with everyone I come in contact with, but I'm going to give them the same foundation that I have here. I'm going to yes. be, I'm going to show up, serve the space. I'm going to show up with unconditional love and I'm going to like check with myself. Like mm-hmm. where am I full shit? How am I yeah. impacting this? Mm-hmm. So that's, what's been fucking awesome. Yeah. Is that for me. Yeah. And consistently choosing to opt in. Mm-hmm. Like it's always a constant choice of like, how are we going to show up and relate to each other mm-hmm. today? And it doesn't have to look like it did yesterday. You don't I mean, have to show up. <laughs> like, if you can be honest about not showing up, like, yeah. there's nothing more powerful than that. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're just like, I can't do this today, I'd be like, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Take all the time you need. I'm here when you need me. Like, yeah. You know, I'm not here to push, push you. And mm-hmm. it's like, if, that's what's the best part about it is, yeah. it's like, I'm doing my thing, you're doing your thing, and we're in this beautiful dance doing it together right now. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think that's a good place to stop for mm. today. We should do breath. this again. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <sighs> thank you so much for listening, Stevie. Thank you for being here. You want to take us out on the flute? Oh, we need some outro music. Outro music on the flute. Stevie on the flute. Thank you.